0: Welcome to the Fuzzy Quality podcast. podcast, examining AI quality and testing topics and hosted by, me, hosted by me, Adam Leon-Smith. So one of the things that we're going to cover on this podcast is the use of emerging technologies like AI inside testing, both in test automation and, and in other ways. And today I have with me Wayne Ariola from Curiosity Software. Hi, Wayne.
1: Hey, how are you, Adam?
0: Great. Thank you. Really good. And uh, we've been chatting about something that you call the open testing platform, which is your vision for how we can move forward test tooling. Can you tell our listeners a little bit more about it?
1: Sure. I would love to. And by the way, I love the podcast. So uh, thank you for burning your calories to make this happen. Uh, Some really interesting conversations that have occurred around the topic of AI. And it's been very educational for me as well. So thanks for putting this together. Um, so the open testing platform, so the concept of the open testing platform isn't something that it's not a product. It's, it's, it's a concept, right? And the concept is this is we have a lot of testing tool technologies at our fingertips, uh, open source, proprietary, whatever it might be. And the idea here is to leverage those technologies as a node at the end of a cycle, right? Right. Or, or during a cycle. Um, but what we need is a way to collect the information from that node and make it more of a comprehensive data point in a broader fabric of information, right? And what this allows us to do is inject different technologies to assist us to totally optimize and kind of invert the way we're looking at software testing. Um, I know that's really high level, a bit esoteric at that description. But let me drill down, just one one click down. I uh, I think we need to look at the fabric of technologies and the tools that are we're using today in a in a little bit more of a pragmatic format. The first one, uh, and I like to call this inform, act, automate. Uh, so the thesis here around the open testing platform is that. The first thing that we need to do is give dev testers better visibility and better understanding of change when it happens. And this is the inform piece. So if you're looking at a testing tool, which is a node at the end of a at, at the end of a, a project or a node at the end of a value stream, even, um, there are tons of different things happening to impact that app, right? And that data resides in your requirements management system, your test management system, your source repository, your application performance monitoring tool, Your, I mean, there's a, lit- a web analytics tool, so there's a litany of information which the siloed data is actually being held. The key here is to understand the patterns which will first inform the dev tester, the engineer, about changes that will impact their current work and give them that information on demand. Not a dashboard, not something that they're gonna to have to go back and click through and remind themselves to go look at, right? But something that informs them during the stream that a change has been detected. It's kind of an early warning system, right? Around InForm. That's so, InForm. To, just
0: to, go ahead. Just to jump into InForm, first of all. So, I mean, once I've tested a few releases of the same application, I've got a fairly good idea where the bugs are going to be. I'm going to mm-hmm. know which, which developer is most likely to have introduced mm-hmm. the worst bugs. I'm going to know which areas the application... Very
1: sensitive be- topic,
0: by the way, Adam, by the way. but Go <laughs> yeah. ahead. Yeah. I'm going to know which areas they are going to have deployment issues, all that kind of stuff. And that you build that up as knowledge, as a team lead or yes. manager or whatever. And that knowledge disappears as soon as you move, as you're successful and you move on to your next app or your next project, yep. etc. Do you think that sort of information can be programmatically analyzed to make it that more repeatable management process?
1: Totally, that's the the concept. That's the concept to give that innate, and by the way, the manager's innate ability to understand change predicated on their deep knowledge of the applications, the packages, the components, will never go away. It's still highly, highly valuable. Mm -hmm. It is a mechanism to transfer that knowledge to keep people informed of impactful changes. Let me give you a stupid example of Act, excuse me, a stupid uh, example of Inform, uh, which is probably not so stupid. Um, but you have a, you know, with the growth of microservices and cloud native applications, you know, you have this, this now bloom of microservices, right? And these microservices are all interacting with each other and it creates this dependency tree, which you're going to have to understand because that's going to impact your testing. The dependencies, as we test broader sets of integrated services, are gonna matter. You're gonna have to know what's changing, and you won't always be alerted to those changes, right? So, a change of dependence, change of dependencies, can mean a change of functionality, which can mean a t- change of test data, and it's gonna impact your testing. Today, when you're looking at more uh, of bespoke applications, where you're, you know, you might have seven to eight uh, APIs integrated into a single application, this really matters. And what stalls testing when they're finally got into the environment is the fact that a dependency changed and and really the behavior of that particular application is going to change. Um, Let's just say you were alerted to that and you were in your daily work stream. You were informed that there was a material change, a material change, not a change, a material change in that particular dependency. Very informative for a dev tester to understand as they're continuing their, their journey. Makes sense.
0: So I suppose um, you could take, yeah, it does make sense. You could take a Terraform file. You could uh, see yep. that two microservices have a port, have some, some traffic on a port, and then you identify that there's a, a link between those two services. If one changes, that helps inform your change impact analysis. So you know kind of where you want to go Absolutely. To test
1: yeah, I'll, so I all these l- little infinitesimal uh, detections are, are going to totally matter as we move forward.
0: So what happens in the act stage?
1: Yeah. Um, so so what is act? Um, so act is really where I believe value is created. Meaning that whatever we are informed again should have a correlated action. And these correlated actions should directly impact our deliverable. So this could be an update to a test. This could be the idea that you're going to react against potentially a central model. This could be the manipulation of your actual test data. This is collapsing the time period between being alerted to something and the time in which it takes to actually take action to convert, manipulate, change, maintain something, right? Uh, and we need better signals to draw those together. Um, as you're probably aware, you know, Adam, you know, most of our testing activity today is really a bottom-up activity from a requirement, right? Uh, we're really building things up, uh, from a requirement up. And there's a couple things that turn out to be kind of maintenance nightmares, which is keeping everything else up to date. That was formerly there that you might've owned, which you might've not have owned, which someone else owned. Right. Um, the idea of being able to connect the dots faster without having to do that, you know, that archeology, uh, of the, of the test suite, uh, and really cutting the time in which it is required to, uh to um, do the discovery. I think everyone would be pretty happy with. So the whole idea act is this idea of taking the informed cues and tying them to specific actions directly at the artifact, which is impacted.
0: So the informed stage, I might realize that there's a whole suite of tests that I need to either write or rerun. Mm -hmm. And the act stage I'm kind of envisaging this as like a declarative statement of all the things that I need to achieve before the end of a a, a period of of testing that I'll either meet or not meet in terms of acceptance criteria. Is that how you're thinking of it?
1: Yeah, but 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 I would also say that um, it certainly can be, um, but it is certainly taking all those things. Let me give you a good example, a really good example. Um, We just had a client. who uh, was releasing a mobile application. And they were releasing the mobile application in Brazil. And essentially, during the last release of the, of the last point release, they were having trouble with a specific uh, point release on iOS. And essentially, the application performance monitoring tool picked up this idea that you had um, this one particular point release of the application was actually bombing, right? Um, but Quite honestly, the testers had no information about this. They were, they didn't realize that there was an issue, but they were about to release the next big, you know, update for the particular mobile app. Um, it would have been so simple, uh, you know, to say stop, hold on, you know, you, we got to address this problem before going through, through the next update. Um, but no one had any information about it, uh, and this was a relatively new incident, right? Um, you would think it would be tied together, but you know what? the The most important thing would have been is to understand the environment conditions associated with this particular application in Brazil and test the net new release against it to see if you were going to have to then uh, go through another patching process. So we were able to detect a change, and then we you know basically threw an act signal into um, you know a central model. Uh, and essentially uh, the these the testers were able to then basically create or trigger, uh, the environment conditions in order to, to test the newer version of the app, right? Um, but the, the key here was that it wasn't in a report that sat on someone's desktop that then someone had to have an aha moment, in fact, that I got to go create this particular uh, segment of tests in order to understand the unique conditions associated with the iOS uh, uh, you know, uh, um, uh, situation in Brazil, Right it was a a direct connect of inform information to action right so basically they eliminated all the interpretation along the way and a signal was in their dashboard to say hey you know we need to test against this particular environment conditions right long story short and by the way every time i tell this story it seems so stupidly easy right and and i kind of and i kind of waver it's like is this valuable or is it not valuable but the direct connection between observation and then that trigger point for action is hugely, immensely valuable. By the way, this was a, uh, a uh, bank in, um, in Brazil. They basically said, you saved us about $2 bucks because we would not have to go through this whole patching process and really upset all our users, which was the bigger problem that they were concerned with. Sorry, long story, but uh, <laughs> I, think, I think it's a good example.
0: That makes sense. And how does the automate stage fit into this?
1: So automate. And here's the key. I think once we start observing things more and more and more and more and understanding that the patterns are going to emerge and patterns that we maybe did not expect, we're going to then trigger in on what things we could totally automate or eliminate. Right. This is the idea of, you know, it's the kind of the RPA adage, right, where you take the manual work out of what should be automated. Uh, By replacing that with a machine. And I think once we start understanding very distinct patterns in an organization, and I guess, Adam, the one other thing I want to mention here is every organization believes that they're very unique in terms of some of these patterns. And it's true. They are. Uh, the unique organization has a unique architecture, they have unique cultures, they have unique ways that they've implemented, or they express agile, they have unique ways in which uh, their, their pipelines are being managed with whatever tooling they're using. It is, it's all unique. Um, and a learning system needs to wrap around it to assist them. But the patterns in which you would automate in one organization are patterns that you might not automate in another. Um, so the expression and learning about these patterns needs to be collected, and then once we understand it, then I think you could put better and tighter, more automation around it, driving towards you know a human in the loop process, but giving you more velocity associated with automating the subtask. Um, and the reason why I walk into this gently is because if you over automate, you're going to miss the nuances associated with our job, which is creating, managing and testing software to understand the human experience, right? We can't totally merge ourselves out of it because there's too many little nuances of of information that you're gonna have to understand. You know, test data is a huge example of this. You can't just say, I'm gonna automate test data because you're gonna miss the connection between the actual um, data journey, right? You're gonna have to observe it and understand it. However, we can automate Incrementally along the way to eliminate some of those really burdensome test data uh, tasks that you know you're wrestling with Excel or you're wrestling with your, you know, you know Kafka, you know, it, it, whatever it might be, you know, you could you could really uh, you know take some of these steps to uh, a, a very repeatable stage. I think
0: finding that balance between the human and the machine is kind of the key here. Really, I think there's a huge amount of testing tools out there or tools that inform testing. They might not be classed as traditional testing tools, but they're tools that give you information or allow you to act on things or automate things. And the thing that really strikes me is normally there's too much. It's spread everywhere. Nobody looks at it. Yeah. And I can totally see being able to bring that into something in a common way, maybe, as you said, not a dashboard, but something, some kind of framework will massively enhance the amount of information that people have. And I can see how at the act layer, there's this collaboration, workflow, change control concept that is all about making sure that things happen quickly um, without kind of unnecessary delay. And at the automation layer, there's so much to be done. I'm I'm so glad we've moved away from an era where people are trying to standardize on one automation tool. And instead of just using an army of automation tools, whatever happens to solve the problem that, that they're trying to solve. I'm Absolutely. Really and, and bringing it all together into some common format for controlling like the various test adapters or whatever you call them would be hugely beneficial. Yeah, it's, I agree. Now, if I was a big company like, um, I don't know, HP, Microsoft, someone like that, I would probably attempt to build a wonderful web-based product that did all of these things and locked you into my ecosystem and then probably fail. Yes. yes. Um, whereas the, the movement in DevOps and in the open source world for the past, I don't know, 15 years, has been moving away from tools that allow you to interact through a UI and to interact as, as code, because yep. that's how we manage software. Why wouldn't we manage testing like that? Do you think that's where this concept might lead us, uh, like uh, test testing as code? You,
1: you know, I, I, believe, I, I believe two things. First of all, I believe that the organizations who are able to consume testing as code will move to testing his code. Um, I also believe that there is a big uh, part of the software testing community which will not be able to work in that mode, okay? Um, yet we need something that bridges it, okay? Mm-hmm. Something that allows a, uh, a very technical tester to do what they are very good at and work in the in the paradigm which they're used to, which is code but also allows uh, the other people who are not technical to participate in the process. Um, mm. So you know, with the open source uh, and, and, the, and the progress that open source has made uh, in testing, it's phenomenal by the way. The, the, the value you get out of these tools is, is fantastic from a kind of, a, you know, whether it's functional API testing or, 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 or unit testing or down the line, you could know, pretty much get, uh, you know, pick up a tool today and it will solve a point problem. Um, The key, I believe, here is, and we mentioned this at the start of the talk, is a fabric which allows the data being drawn from that uh, tool or that node, right, Uh, to now make broader sense in the overarching uh, software quality uh, uh, activity, right? You know, the we've we've had this age-old um, discussion in the software testing space where everyone's tried to move to the concept of, quote-unquote, quality, right? And quality, testing has to do with quality, but quality doesn't... Quality is more about the process rather than the tool, right? Um, and by, by the way, there's a lot of old software testers out there who have been beaten up over quality, right, or the word quality. Um, but, <laughs> but the problem is, or in this new environment, is that... The tools have become so good and proliferated throughout the environment that we now need some common fabric to draw the information back in. And this common fabric will also, Adam, allow us to take advantage of AI, right? It will also allow us to actually have multiple iterative data points, which can be better consumed by other AI engines looking for for optimizations, right? So I agree with you. I think... I think organizations will have um, uh, the smarter organizations, technical organizations will have testing this code, no problem. Um, but I also think that this fabric layer that allows for kind of the interrelationship between the business and the developer will be more important there at that point.
0: And if we go back to what I said right at the start, if we look at the use of AI and testing, it's minimal. I mean, there is some yeah, there's object identification, object recognition, computer vision helping with test automation, but it's it's not um, yet changing the world, okay? There's no. a whole load of stuff around test case derivation and generation, yep. which is a hack around the Oracle problem. You know, ultimately, yep, the AI absolutely. has to figure out what the user wanted in the first place in order to prove that's what the system does. Absolutely. Now, with systems where you're doing regression testing, you can maybe observe existing user behavior... Maybe you can predict tests from code and things like that, but it's quite limited because you're not actually getting to what the user actually wanted. And I kind of feel like there is a need for what I call a machine-readable specification. It's almost a prelude to a whole load of automation, possibly outside of testing, but throughout the software development lifecycle, whereas if you define what you want the system to do, you can automatically generate tests from it. Now, we can do that without AI, now using certain tools, using model-based testing tools where you model up a service or a workflow or something, and there's some level of automation in generating service layer tests or skeleton UI tests. But the further you can take it in defining what the system should do, and maybe it's not code, maybe it is a model. I feel like that is the next major kind of step that we need to get through in terms of Improved testing, testing tooling. What what do you think about that?
1: So I think you're absolutely right, and I think it. I I think about it in in uh, the same way, by the way. But let me just expand upon it just a bit. Um, Anything that we can do to put guide rails up to assist the organization to train the system uh, faster uh, in more obs, uh, you know, observational. You know, clusters is going to be a huge value to advancing your AI. Um, So, and this is this kind of is very well in line with the concept of inform, act, automate, especially in the automate stage, right? So, your learning system needs to have the guide rails for you to optimize. Um, And, you know, if you've built AI based tools or ML based tools, Um, everyone knows the, um, you know, the, if you go from boiling the ocean down to, uh, more constrained, um, or more, um, targeted observations that you can then build a training set for, you're in a much better spot, right? And your, your outcome is going to be significantly better, right? Um, as you start to tune that engine or, or train that engine. So um, I agree with you uh, 100% in terms of building out that framework, which is really a learning system for observability.
0: Yeah, observability is a whole other other one there as well. So um, Wayne, where are you taking this? I mean, um, you're calling this concept open testing platform. So presumably you're Mm -hmm. thinking of an open initiative or something here?
1: I I really am. Um, You know... It's been funny. Um, I've been in the software testing space for 20 years and, um, you know, everyone is like, well, that's a great product, you know? And I'm like, oh, well, I'm sure I'm sure it will be a product, right? Um, I think it's more of a concept. Um, and I think as we begin to understand the difference between a tool, which is a node, which creates data, um, and the fabric, which needs to be, you know, b- b- placed over it, in order for that data to assist us to do things better, you know, it gets to the point where you know what you start changing the way uh, you you start changing the way you think about it, right? Uh, and you're not thinking about oh, I just got I got to get this requirement, I got to get this test automated test built in order to test this requirement anymore. What you're thinking about is okay, what is the total scope of change? And what is going to impact the, you know, the end user experience? It, it, it almost inverts the question and, and allows us to marry a top-down and bottom-up approach to quality uh, in the single sprint, right? Because um, today we're just overly hyper-focused on the bottom-up as- aspect of it. So I think it kind of inverts the equation, but it inverts the equation by giving us the data to act upon, right? Um, and and the funny thing, we, we always, I always find that, I, that I'm using this word act upon, right? Um, or words act upon. The key is we do need something central to act upon, right? Uh, and today when we look at the most of what we've done with software testing is that the logic is usually buried within a script, within a tool. We got to somehow abstract that up. So we can then apply, you know, apply manually our our, our requirements, right, or changing requirements, and then have something more automated coming top down, where this learning system is acting upon something. Um, you know, this is a model that could be a model. You know, it, you know, I, I think uh, after all these years, uh, the word model has a has a you know a very optimistic view. And some it depends on your age, how many gray hairs you have. Um, you know, very optimistic for some people, but, uh, on the other hand, it sounds very archaic in in others. And we, we just have to understand that we need something to act against. And I, I don't know ultimately what this is going to turn out to be, um, because we have so many dynamic components, uh, moving so fast in a complex organization or even a non complex organization. Um, but once we figure out how to optimize what we act against. I think this concept, uh, I think it blows open the open source uh, arena because it gives something to consume against. Right. And and allows it to be more valuable. And I also mm-hmm. think that it adds more value to the infrastructure systems that you already have giving something to react against. Right. Um, I think we've just got into the ether a bit in terms of the concept, but uh <laughs> uh, it really comes down to this pa- point in time where we have to have something in which the data we're collecting is is then then inter- is is then interacting.
0: So thanks, Wayne. Thanks for coming and telling us about the concept of the open testing platform. That's been super interesting. Thank you very much for coming on the show.
1: I really appreciate it. And for the folks uh, who are listening, and you hear some buzzes in the backgrounds, um, I've had the uh, I've had an array of trucks and uh, blowers uh, come through. So I do apologize for the audio quality, but I hope you've enjoyed the, the conversation.
0: Whenever I start recording a podcast, Amazon somehow knows. They get an act alert, and they <laughs> appear with whatever passes. So we've been lucky. Have been going.
1: Exactly. <laughs> cool. See, but an open-testing platform would have alerted your ring system not to make a noise, right?